Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade, part friendly panel show, part vicious competition, where contestants fight with their best anecdotes on mystery topics generated through a trusty bingo ball. I'm Vince Layton, host of the show, Spirit of the Bingo Balls, and Games Master. Points will be awarded for originality, amusement value, and my general caprice and mood on the day. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game wins, but their opponents will be granted a few cheat codes along the way just to keep it interesting. Um, welcome sorry, sorry, to the comedy arcade. Oh, it's starting. You're starting with an apology, Robin. I've started with an apology for my whole life. The last book I wrote starts with an apology. Almost every stand-up gig that I, st- you know, if get the apology out the way and then have it hanging over the rest of the show. So that always people are thinking this is awful. But he did say sorry early on. Sorry, I let you get on with your intro. I now apologise for not letting you get your intro done. Uh, the voice you're hearing is the wonderful Robin Ince, who I'm very excited to have on next to me on the zoom which you can't see so it's a this is a poor listening experience for you is the wonderful lizzie pollitt who i used to work with and is now a podcast legend comedy writer marathon runner vaccinator have i missed anything i, I don't actually vaccinate people i want to make that clear my family were worried that I, they were letting me do that i just say hello to them and make sure they're okay and then i send them to the doctor for a vaccination okay good um i i did wonder <laughs> They're just letting anyone do it. Bobby Norris from The Only Way is Essex. <laughs> On the needle. <laughs> I do feel like the influencers no. have gone that way, have implied that, though. <laughs> well, they're actually vaccinating people. That they're doing the vaccinating. <laughs> I mean, I know we need staff, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that is the dulcet, very recognisable two comedy arcade fan tones of Rich Wilson. Hello. How are you doing? A I'm very well, winner. thank you. I'd like to apologise in advance as well, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> what are you apologising for? Who Is it knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows where this goes? Is this because you're a straight white man and now you just yeah. have to caveat everything with not all uh, straight white men? <laughs> I walk out and go, I'm really sorry for my colleague. Uh, speaking as a man that's never, never uh, done anything he should have done in a green room. Hello. <laughs> There's a lot of caveats here all of a sudden. <laughs> I, mean, made sure, I did say only in a green room. I didn't say anywhere else. We didn't ask. I was mainly I, talking about people talking over me in a Zoom call, but you went somewhere else entirely. Well, there you go. But... See, oh, I see. That's why I needed to apologise. <laughs> now, do we all know how to play the game? No. 
<laughs> no, good, I can't remember either. Good news. You've, ne- you've never retained this, Rich, and it makes no. me feel like I've created a bad game when, in fact, I know it is a deliberate choice to rile me. <laughs> so I'm not going to rise to it today. I know it's something with balls. Yes, it is something with balls. So I have a bingo ball full of lovely topics that makes a very satisfying sound. I will be drawing these topics at random and I would expect you to come up with an anecdote that I will find entertaining and you will win points that way. That is literally how it works. (laughs) It's as obscure as QI. (laughs) You don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out if you've won at the end. That's the beauty of the game. So, without further ado... I just say, what I find a real pity is that because people can't actually see it, everyone's got a backstory in their background, which I really like. I like the fact Lizzie's got a wonderful selection of different kind of appears to be liqueurs, etc. behind her. Rich has got the... I think it might be a Barbara Kruger or something there, some little bit that perhaps suggests an element of John Carpenter's They Live. And you look like you've just recently made a stew. Because you have a large bowl. <laughs> there's so many different lockdown stories that are going on there. Yours might even eventually lead up to some form of cannibalism. We don't know. Um, <laughs> basically, that La Crusade's a real one, and it was very expensive, so I need everyone to know that I own it. And oh, you can right. only put so many Instagram posts up a day before the algorithm punishes you. So it's yeah. just there. I'm well, glad that's you know the same stew she had yesterday. <laughs> There's no stew in it. It's a hoax. It's all a lie. <laughs> yeah, we don't use it. <laughs> I positioned a bottle of whiskey behind my shoulder, which Rich recommended on Twitter so that he realises that I actually read his tweets. Is that really awful? Yeah, it makes me feel great. That's, that's lovely. Are you a whiskey yeah. influencer? He is. Well, I, only this one time. I don't really drink it, but it came up about Japanese whiskey, and I just happened to have had that particular one and enjoyed it. So as a non-whiskey drinking person, I was like, yeah, try this one. I enjoyed it. You've tried one whiskey and you positioned yourself as an expert. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I'll be vaccinating everyone tomorrow. (laughs) With whiskey? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's very cleansing, I hear, if you get the right one. Right, we're going to crack on. We are. (laughs) Here goes the balls. (laughs) And the ball is unpopular opinions. Now, I know we've got some amongst us. <laughs> I've got an unpopular opinion. Go on. Okay. I might get crucified for this, but yoga is just breathing in a room. That's all it is. There is nothing fancy <laughs> beneficial about yoga, right? And the only reason I say that, well, first of all, you talk about practicing yoga. And the gag I always say to those people, I practice yoga. Well, you know, when you're going to get expert at it, right? <laughs> I've had three bad experiences. The first time I went to yoga, so we were given these orange mats to do the yoga stuff on. And I was uh, in the class and I looked down and I was like, okay, I was like, shit, I'm, I was like, I'm bleeding. Part of me is bleeding on the mat. I looked down and no, it turns out it was just because my sweat had dropped on the mat and the mat was orange. It looked like blood. Um, second time, the woman comes up to me halfway through the class and she says, um, do you have a handstand? So what is with that sentence structure, right? They was like, do you have a handstand? I thought she said, do you have a hairband? Went to my bag, got her a hairband. And the third time, my friend <laughs> made me go and try something called surf yoga, where you have to stand on a surfboard that wobbles and do yoga at the same time. I end up in tears. So yeah, yoga, not a thing. It's just breathing in a room. <laughs> I, I'm with you on this. I don't understand how it's meant to, because it was like given the credit for like Jerry Halliwell's complete body makeover. I don't get it. I've seen it done. It's not expending a lot of energy. My favourite bit is the bit at the end where you get to lie down like a baby. I like that. Um, oh, those. Yeah, I loved it. That was the only bit I enjoyed. And the warm-up where I was like, fuck, I've only done this once, but I'm good at it. Um, and it was just the warm-up. I was yeah. like, 
Billion, billion dollar industry though, so. Horrible, horrible. Well, they, add, they add things That's to it. That's so unpopular. They, <laughs> I agree. Add, they, they add things to it, don't they? With, they'll go, oh, this is, this is Bitcoin, which is hot. You're in a hot room. Well, you're, it's still the same thing. It's like, this is, this is something else. This, you've got to stand on a ladder to do this one. And it, you it just are you a yoga stuff. man, Rich? Are you a, 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 <laughs> I want to say yogi. Because that's a real. Yeah, why not? I'm a whiskey influencer and I'm a I'm a yogi enthusiast. <laughs> it's impressive, though, isn't it, Bitcram Yoga? That actually, what is normally seen as a disadvantage in a venue, which is poor ventilation, is actually turned into a philosophy. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things. That, but you know, again, we, we were mentioning Edinburgh Fringe before. That's very much. Oh no, the the reason that there's no ventilation here, and the reason that everyone will actually drip sweat. I I, I remember being in a venue once where I would have to actually walk in Russell Howard's sweat. From, from before, oh. because I was on at eight thirty. By that point, the sweat had built up, and it was basically a submarine movie. It was one of those <laughs> ones that not everyone is going to make it through. Um, oh. My, my oh, yeah. unpopular opinion is: Do you know what your opinion on Star Wars is not important? I would say that's generally. <laughs> I, I, I can include Doctor Who in that, and I can include many other things. But that bit of just going: Do you know what? It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I'm I'm of an age now where when I see people furious with, I mean, I see that a lot, especially it seems to be genre stuff, science fiction or Marvel things, really angry about WandaVision. Imagine having time to be angry about the fact you didn't get a Bewitch spoof or whatever it is. That That's generally so. So my, my unpopular opinions are basically the fact that our opinions are entirely null and void and an absolute yeah. waste of everyone's yeah. time. That's As true. people prolific on Twitter, though, it's remarkable how many will try and change your own opinion about something. Because if I've enjoyed a film, I, I will tweet about it. And people are lining up to tell me why I'm wrong. And it's like, yeah. oh, do you know what? You're right. I didn't enjoy the last 90 minutes. Thank you for clearing that up for me. I was wrong. My feelings were wrong. You're right. It was shit. Now we're both My sad. laughter was hollow throughout, yeah. I remembered. I remember <laughs> thinking it was a laughter. That, that, I think, that, that subjective nature, of, and, and I, people do get very angry about that when I try and explain that you, know, you cannot run around a three-and-a-half-thousand-seater telling everyone who's either watching Mrs. Brown's Boys or Stuart Lee that they are laughing wrongly and that they have been somehow... <laughs> they, you don't understand! And, and that's... But I, I mean, st the, the science fiction ones get me in particular just because I, I see people of my age who are angry that they're not having the same sensation they had when they saw Star Wars when they were eight years old. And they don't seem yeah. to have taken any of those things into account. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, we, there was a, a watch party on Twitter the other night with uh, Alison Spittle uh, arranged it. So we were all doing this co-video party and we were watching Twilight. I lost followers because we were commenting <laughs> on the film and we were taking the piss and it all turned out none of us were fans of Twilight or Twiglet as someone described it as. <laughs> And because we were, I, 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 we were talking about, we were slagging off Edward and saying how domineering he was, and he was, he, he's a player, he's a manipulative. I, I lost followers, and you're like, oh, well, I, I just having a laugh. It's I'm going to challenge you on this, Rich, because I got into this halfway through, and I have seen Twilight, so I vaguely knew what you're talking about. There were no clues in your tweet that you were talking about Twilight. You were just, it was just, <laughs> I was just gobbing off context nonsense. It's just like, oh my god, he's sparkling. It was like. It is, there's nothing more boring than watching a terrible film than reading tweets of other people watching a terrible film 
with no context whatsoever. There was a hashtag <laughs> co-video party. You knew what we were doing. It's, it's a just... WhatsApp group. It's not a Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is my unpopular this opinion. Sounds like some... nonsense. You sound like a Twilight fan. <laughs> I'm not a Twilight fan, actually. I'm agnostic about Twilight. No, I was. It was of its time. I was very much... I picked a team. I knew which boy I was supporting. Um, but, yeah, just let people enjoy things. You're too oh, cool to watch Twilight, but you watched it anyway. Who's the sad act there? See, this Think is about what I'm talking choices. about. Right, that's my unpopular opinion. Twilight is shit. <laughs> but, no, I've never seen Twilight. I, I don't know anything about. I, I know it's a vampire thing. It's a kind of. It, it's a, it, it's it's basically like a my guy photo strip of, of vampires. Is that right? <laughs> uh, you, that, that, I, but I don't know. I, I'm just. This is all guesswork. It is. It's like Dawson's Creek, but with more teeth. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> I but don't love it, but I defend people's right to enjoy it. So it's fine until the point in the film when you realise that Edward, the main vampire, is actually like a hundred odd years old and he's trying to seduce a schoolgirl. That's at the bit when you go, Oh yeah. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Weirdly the most realistic bit in the whole thing though. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. What you mean the bit when they fly through the trees in Portland isn't realistic? I don't think we're selling this to Robin. He's but probably that, not gonna, but like, he's probably like not going to go for this. Well, like Robin was saying, like, it's like this, this misunderstanding that opinions are either right or wrong. Yeah. They're just opinions. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're, yeah, just opinions. It's no one's wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed it, well done to you. <laughs> but yeah, maybe contextualize those tweets with what film you're watching. So every time I, I've got to write, this is about Twilight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, then, <laughs> then people can make the right choice on whether or not they want to follow it. Okay, helps right, us know okay. which which terms to mute. It's fine. Oh, it's, oh yeah. Well, that's yeah, I've, I've the mute button on Twitter is in, incredible. Oh, it's glorious. I've, I've muted Trump and football and all sorts. It's been amazing. Well, mute. You have to do mute though. You can't do block because block is like this wonderful victory for people. The idea of being considered to be too boring or violent yeah. to be allowed into the party yes. has somehow become a bit... It's like a lot of the kind of free speech narrative that I see people using, which is going, so what you're actually saying is you are like, you know, you are like Lenny Bruce. You've made people feel bad about themselves. You've made people feel unhappy. You've depressed people. This is your victory. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, I've been blocked by this person. It's about time. It's like a yeah. exclusive little club of, of sad people. <laughs> that's what it's, it's that lovely thing where sometimes you can see, you see something pop up on Twitch and you go, that's weird. What is this? This seems quite avant garde. I'm, I'm, I'm caught up in some conversation. And then you go, oh, I know why. It's because the person is still there. They're shouting at me, and other people are joining in. But they have no idea that I'm hearing none of it, and that 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 wasted energy is in tremendously energising for you. Oh, yeah. energy has made me feel I'm ready to write an epic poem now. I want, I'd want them to know that I couldn't hear them though. That's the trouble. I couldn't just enjoy the quiet victory of I've ruled you out. I'd want them to know. Well, That's like, like the fact that most people would not be good superheroes because, you know, that whole thing, oh, yes. things that if you want to know the real problem with the Marvel Universe, it's the fact that you would go, look, I know I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I actually saved the world. I know I'm pretending to be uh, a newspaper reporter, but I'm not really. I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> So you're actually you're Superman. Yeah, I'm Superman. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, we, we would, that, that's if if people really want to talk about any scientific flaws in the Marvel universe, the D, DC universe, it is the fact that really most of us would not hide our superpower light under a bushel. I think because no, um, have true. you watched the boys? 
um i think it's not yet no yeah. i heard it's very good yeah. Because that basically it deals with that. It's um, superheroes, but as a marketing commodity. So a band of superheroes are put together by a big industry to sell merchandise. So they're chosen to be heroes. They've all got these superpowers, but it's all about the marketing behind it, the PR, how they perform in the opinion polls. It's really clever. And the type of people that would be those superheroes are not the ones you want which I think we knew, but it's quite an interesting way of expressing it. It's very dark and very violent, but um, oh, it yeah, is this, very, Let's very have good. a watch party, yeah. but let's not invite Rich. He sounds like he'd bring the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mute button. I like that. It's like someone screaming at you through your letterbox and don't realise <laughs> that you've moved house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like think... That. I think, Rich, you're the only person that's actually fielded an opinion that we deemed unpopular. <laughs> yeah, look at that. There you go. Already winning, ironically. Yeah, that's definitely how you score points in this game. It's a good job you've played before. <laughs> I like that. The irony that we, the, that assumption that we think that all people that had superpowers would be just noble beings. That's a really good point, Robin, that. They'd be the worst. Yeah. They would be yeah, the absolute worst. Everybody, everybody, yeah, so I'm going to save the world. No, you're not. You're just going to get free stuff from Asda. <laughs> is that what you do if of you're course. a mega famous oh, and a superhero i've still got me <laughs> oh see that's another thing that definitely in the 21st century superheroes they would have branding on their cloaks etc yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you'd go oh superman yeah he's got a little subway thing just at the base of the of, of the cloak and <laughs> boots are sponsored they would definitely be all of that and they would yeah. act as influencers as well. <laughs> yes, flown around the world and gone back in time. You can't do this, but you could enjoy going back in time with these fantastic Victorian-style sponge cakes. You know? <laughs> uh, I feel like we're not far enough away from this for it to feel funny. It's oh, Instagram littered with superheroes. Yeah, you're right. Doing doing mashups and. <laughs> oh god yeah oh wow <laughs> right let's let's move on <laughs> oh excellent and it is um i've heard about yours already rich but you've probably got even more in your back catalogue the worst job you've ever done <laughs> oh blimey <laughs> um I, work... I knew it see you were straight in there <laughs> yeah well, i've done all my i've done uh the, i worked in a banana packing place for two weeks is that uh, euphemism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as a gay sword. No, uh, it was, uh, it was, you um, also have worked in a gay sword. I did sword work else. in a gay sword. That's been well documented. I'm not going to, I won't talk about that again. But um, that wasn't even the worst job. That was just unusual. It was just a straight man in that environment pretending that I was gay in order to keep the job. It was a strange time. But I worked That's in a That's interesting, actually, because that reminds yeah. me of, I don't know if you know the story of the, the documentary of Woodstock, the original Woodstock. There was a hairdresser that sued the makers because he always pretended to be gay because the female clients loved it. And then there's a shot of him in the original Woodstock documentary where basically he's with a bunch of nude women and obviously they are having a very heterosexual time. Ah. And he went, it's damaged his salon because <laughs> oh, wow. of believed. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, well, part of it. But mine, yeah, mine was literally just to keep the job. I needed the job and I didn't, I just had to, I didn't do anything differently other than lie about my backstory, saying that I was, oh yeah, I'm I'm from. You don't know me on the scene around here because I'm from elsewhere and I've got a boyfriend, but I'm living with a girl and it's, it's another school. It was all, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah it's another school. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that. Um, yeah, so I uh, bananas I, oh, anyway. Yeah. 
Anyway, bananas. I worked in a banana packing place. Fife's Bananas. And it was interesting because they'd say, right, these... The, so the, the bananas would come in and we'd have to take them out of the boxes and put them in, into, into trays for different supermarkets. And so they'd say, right, these are for Harrod. So you had to pick out the, the, the best ones and... And then it went, and all day long it would just, it would get smaller and smaller. And then the last one would be like Happy Shopper. You wouldn't even look in the just just chuck them out of the bin into a tray. There you go. No, no, no. There was no. You didn't look to see how. No quality control. <laughs> so, how how much did you feel the pressure of the European Union on the curvature of that work, or was that not was that not actually as near the forefront as we might have imagined over the last? You on the, to on fit the... them all into little bolts, like, <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah, just measuring them? each one. Just no, that's not yeah. right. That's not right. <laughs> uh, on the factory floor, not so much. I think you know that kind of went on behind the scenes. That kind of the bureaucracy and the and the red tape went on in the offices of five us 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 the workers on the ground. You know, we just had to deal with the odd tarantula that would, that would appear that had, uh, that had turned up. Yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, there was one that they turned up and they went, "This one's been eaten." Yeah, okay. Goes that means there's another one somewhere <laughs> that's, that's obviously survived its the, the travel by feasting on this tarantula. There's another one around somewhere. <laughs> All right. No, so no, I left. You. So I left. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Uh, did you get loads of free bananas? Ah, oh, sick of bananas by the end of it. And the the, <laughs> the 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 biggest joke of the place. We'd all wear caps with fives written on the front. And every day, someone would turn around with a banana perched on their on the peak of their cap and go, "Who threw that?" And that was the joke. Every day, someone did that. Yeah. So Have I you still got one of those caps because they'd probably be worth about fifty quid in some sort of vintage shop. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Walking around Hoxton with my fives hat on my penny farm. Banana hat. <laughs> That's an even worse thing. When someone pretends they work for a banana distributor just to try and get off with people, that's considered to be... <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of that goes on. Yeah. People calling for it, you know? <laughs> Big banana energy. <laughs> I, once, I once had what I thought was going to be a bad job, but turns into a bit of a humble brag, okay? So I was working at um, Glastonbury years ago, and I was working in this um, tent... A bit, bit of a VIP tent. And the guy in charge said, look, all I want you to do all weekend is just make sure there's always music playing. So we didn't have a DJ. We just had some speakers. Just always make sure there's ambiance and there's music playing. So I took this to mean, turn into a DJ, bring your iPhone, like start mixing it up. Right? And I was not a DJ, right? I considered like going from Britney Spears, you know, um, oops, I did it again into some Backstreet Boys. That was the height of sophistication. So anyway, took this really seriously. I really played up my part, got into it. And then Niall Rogers turned up to do a Q&A with everyone in the tent, right? So I'd stopped the music and the Q&A was happening. And during the Q&A, he started talking about how um, Pharrell and Justin had stolen the hook for Rock Your Body, I think, from one of his songs, right? You know, dum, 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 yeah. dum, dum, bum, right? So I was like, hang on, I've got something up my sleeve here. So the minute the Q&A finished, I go back on, back onto my DJ set and I drop rock your body like the opening starts and Nara Rogers stops what he's doing he's drop it. It. I dropped it because that's that's the terminology by the way this okay <laughs> Nara Rogers stops what he's doing and he goes to the whole tent he points at me he goes this girl this girl she's got it and I was like I am now a Nara Rogers approved DJ my family <laughs> not heard the end of it so is it on LinkedIn <laughs> I didn't do a surface skill it's on LinkedIn yeah I haven't quite worked on my DJ name yet though but yeah Nara Rogers approved Look at that. 
No one can say that. Wow. For the worst job ever, that's pretty impressive. For seven yeah. minutes, you were the world's greatest DJ. <laughs> Yes, yeah. a pretty good worst yeah, this, job. You've misunderstood the category, Lizzie. And um, <laughs> you worked in PR for years with me, and I know there's no way you haven't done a wish job for that. We bubble wrapped a we straight at night. <laughs> we, yeah, Vix and I did bubble wrap an entire street overnight for a PR stunt. Wow. We yeah. found the most accident-prone street in the UK and bubble wrapped it. It, and it was uh, supposedly overnight. We had to get permission from every single resident. And there's one that wouldn't participate. So if you look at the, the photos, you know which one it is. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have to do? Do you have to bubble wrap the hedgerows and lampposts? Everything. And... everything. The, houses, the cars, the signposts, everything. And uh, it it made the headlines, didn't it, Vix? It did. It was one of, yeah. I sometimes go to interviews and still talk about it. And it's been about 11 years. So. <laughs> It'd be the most chilled out street in the world. Everyone just sitting there popping. Yeah. It's so soothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really beautiful image. The final bubble to burst. That oh. final moment there is. I was trying to think of the worst one. I, I think I used to have to do things like dress up as Spot the dog, which isn't that bad. You know, if you remember Spot the dog, where yeah. Spot for like kind of, you know, things in shops, events in shops. And the only bad thing about that was I think that the costume would only get dry cleaned about once a year. So it would have the build up of every, and it, and it was like basically wearing three duvets. And then children <laughs> would push you over and you were unable to get back up again. It was because you kind of like, due to the size of the, of the costume, you, it, once you'd fallen over, that it was, you know, it was basically like seeing a pop up version of David and Goliath. But, you know, <laughs> where's David? Oh, over there. And he's thrown a stone at my head and I'm now lying on the floor. But that, that, that was kind of, it was slightly unpleasant just because of the smell and the lying on the floor for hours on end while children laughed and kicked you. It sounds um, like a, a new version of yoga, that. It's like spot the do dog you know yoga. What? <laughs> you can have that. I reckon you'll make a bloody fortune on that. I had not thought that actually what we've really got there is something that we can undoubtedly monetize. Um, oh, people again. watch that on Twitch, aren't they? Absolutely. Oh, I'd love that. That might be yoga I could get on board with, because surely <laughs> I could have the flexibility of a man in a spot the dog costume. <laughs> surely. <laughs> it's got to be an old stinky one, though. Okay. Okay. But how would people know? You could just uh, tell them that it's old point, and stinky. Yeah. PR. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well done. <laughs> I'd do all sorts of horrible stuff as a PR because I was like a regional PR. Lizzie was quite glamorous and got to work on like cool clients. And I was working on like local government and drainage, plastic mm -hmm. draining pipes, harder Yum. wearing and better than concrete ones. And um, my client was lovely, but he had big ambitions. Like, how will we get on the front of the times? And I was like, commit a crime or move into a completely different business. <laughs> yeah. These are your it. options. Would you get rid of a body down one of your pipes? I had to PR um, Swansea as a tourist destination to National and Travel Press. Was it you who got that fantastic thing of those two uh, cross-dressing weightlifters who someone started uh, um, like goading and they just punched him straight out? That's just Swansea. That's not that's. Not I do special. remember the, the first time going to Swansea on a Sunday night and going, oh, my God, Swansea on a Sunday night is Cardiff on a Friday night. And it's highly impressive. I mean, it's that... So that, that, that uh, <laughs> There's always an international rugby player face down in the gutter. It's um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but no, I tried to make Peter Crouch a unit of measurement. That was my most successful Swansea tourism campaign. <laughs> <laughs> What's the part of being a Swansea? 
Um, because it was the campaign was designed to get people who were away fans to stay another day. Wow. Oh, so it was Stoke City that were coming, and I made Peter Crouch a unit of measurement and measured loads of Swansea and international landmarks in crouches and tried okay. to get that going. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was the most <laughs> successful bit of the campaign, but on the whole, not a column grabber. <laughs> Trying to get people from Stoke to stay in Swansea. Yeah. But I used to bring up travel journalists because you had to because the client wanted you to at least show your workings out. So I had to ring up journalists and be like, hello. And Gershon Portnoy from Shortlist was my favourite because he always took my call because he's like, what have you got to offer me? And I'd ring him up every couple of weeks and offer him something more ludicrous. So it was like, we'll get a helicopter. <laughs> and we're going to take you to do some bushcraft. Are you still with me? And he's like, he's, he was there, but he was he was not convinced. And um, I got to speak to Derek Acora as well once because um, he did trials. He did trials to be a footballer, like before he was a medium. And I emailed his PR person and said, "Will he give me some predictions on this Swansea match as part of this PR campaign?" I was really trying my best, and um, he rang me back. I went out on lunch and he had rung me back directly. He wasn't busy. Uh, <laughs> and he stayed on the phone for about an hour and it was really fun. <laughs> wow. And he genuinely believed it. Yeah. He believed he had the gift. I don't understand. These are different gifts, right? <laughs> Talking to the dead and making predictions of the future. With the dead, you can obviously make predictions of the past, which is technically called doing history. But I don't see how his power to speak to the dead could then be used to work out but I'm not necessarily wondering whether the gift was, whether he was always thinking about it logically. Um, <laughs> the South Wales Daily Post didn't look into it that far, to be no, honest. No. <laughs> I think got... you're absolutely right to be a Derek Akora <laughs> football predictions truther, but <laughs> they had space to fill. <laughs> and yeah, I had a yeah. story for them. <laughs> Like, I love like, that. Yeah. I love that. The fact that because you know that a lot of these people are just basically charlatans, the fact that you can just go, like, I know you mainly speak to the dead, but can you also predict stuff? I imagine so. I imagine <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah, I've already got yeah. it. Uh, Stoke three. Uh, Manchester City too. Uh, that's just way out as well. The that came from one of my future yeah. ghosts, Dan Dare, or a <laughs> character that I communicate with. He was way out as well. And then I tried to sell that story in a week later. Like famous medium Derek Akora absolutely botches the job. Like wow. <laughs> own goal for psychic. Um, yeah, that's true. Actually, it's like you say, like with Yuri Geller, he's always popping up. We go, mate, you bent one spoon. <laughs> yeah. Don't know, don't know the future. What are you talking about? <laughs> People have said, "How do you do comedy?" But when you've rung up a national travel journalist to sell the joy of Swansea as a destination, you really do get a thick skin. <laughs> Especially when you've got people from Stoke that have got the potteries. You know, they've got a thing that will keep them there. What has Swansea got in comparison to the to the potteries in Stoke? Uh, Can I say their Oxfam bookshops very well stopped? Here we are. <laughs> I've uh, go. got a very good copy of a hardback copy of Dennis Potter's uh, novelization of uh, Pennies from Heaven. Oh, there, we are, there we are. There we are. And I they had a one. huge collection of books from the uh, Jazz Book Club of the 1950s. Oh, wow. There so you I, are. I immediately start off with that. 
I mean, I remember getting the last train from the, there's a train, I think at 10.45 um, that goes from Swansea to Cardiff and it's a one carriage train and it is all people getting ready to party. And it is such a, you know, I'm normally after a gig in my duffel coat, reading some little depressing book that I've bought about something sad that happened. And then I'm just surrounded <laughs> by people offering me basically an entire box of wine. Do you want a box of wine? Don't you? Do you want uh... a glass? And it is fantastic. <laughs> just, the, one of the most social occasions I've ever had is a 50 minute journey between Swansea and Cardiff at 25 uh, at night. I miss home so much. I miss home so much. You know, when you've crossed the bridge because you hear the little chink of the tins opening, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's like that is a gin and tonic in a tin, and I am home. <laughs> if you like that um, train, you should try the Sunday night Ryanair flight to Ibiza from London. Oh, on really? Similar vibes. <laughs> I don't think it is, Lizzie. <laughs> They're very different people. It's weird, a wine box being brought out on a plane somehow seems to have a greater level of threat. <laughs> I don't know why. It's because you can't get off, that's yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a hostage. Look at all, it's stones at Chelsea. <laughs> we were sat halfway down the plane, and by the time the drink trolley got to us, it was empty. That's, oh, that's... that happened to oh, me wow. And the wheels had been taken off it. And... <laughs> Yeah. Just up on bricks. Excellent. I upgraded on the way back to BA on one of those little BA planes. I sat next to Heather Small from M People. So, you, you know, horses for courses. You win your I have had the best sitting next to I've ever had was I was I, I, years and years ago, I was doing a gig with um, Sean Locke uh, in Edinburgh in the middle of the winter. And then for some reason, we ran away from the promoter because they started to get really right wing in this bar we were at. And we went to a place, an Italian restaurant at 3 a.m. And for some reason, I don't normally eat seafood, but we decided that eating seafood at 3 a.m. in an Italian restaurant was a good idea. The next day, this had tremendous kind of uh, reaction in terms of my internal organs. And I just, it was quite explosive. And um, terrified because I had to fly back to London and thinking, oh, this is a, you know, that situation, if you're ever ill on a plane is so And then I got on the plane thinking, well, I've had 37 Imodium. This should be just bad enough. But I still felt I, there was a, le a level of jeopardy. And I sat down. It turned out I was next to Anne Widdicombe. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> my, my, it, it was basically my entire body just turned to dust. So it was absolutely fine. <laughs> so if you are ever, if you're ever thinking... I'm not feeling very well. I'm a bit poorly. I think I might have an attack of diarrhea. Let's have a little. Is that Anne Widdicombe now? Who's <laughs> straight there? Should we say that's a lie? She's somewhere in somewhere in another Zoom call. She's telling the story of when she sat next to Robin in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He was ended up with terrible diarrhea. <laughs> Kept going to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> It went on for about a week. I <laughs> the manifesto. Oh, I, had a, I had a sitting next to someone on public transport story, which, and you know, when you have those moments in life when you're like, if you told me a few months ago I'd be in this position right now, I wouldn't believe you. So my dad and I were flying to California to surprise my sister for her birthday. And me being really cheap, I'd only paid for my dad to have a legroom seat and I was further back in the plane. Anyway, we were like, well, if the seat next to you is empty, Dad, I'll just come and sit there and we'll just see what happens. So we go on the plane, the seat's empty. So I sit next to my dad and lo and behold, sit down. And I realise sitting next to me is Olympic diver Tom Daly, right? Wow. And I'm like, Dad, I'm just trying to sound under my breath, Dad, Dad, it's Olympic diver Tom Daly. Like, it's Olympic what? No, Dad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not on my phone in a message and my dad starts reading. I'm like, no, Dad, shush. So we sit down and anyway... 
we're halfway through the flight and this um we just sat there minding your own business tom's asleep and this massive american guy comes to the toilet and just faints in front of us right so all the air hostesses run down the plane they're like oh god they say, oh excuse me to us three because we were in the front legroom seats they're like would you three mind moving through to the upper class bar please and just waiting so me my dad and tom daly traipsed <laughs> off to the upper class bar and we sat there wow. and we sit down I was like oh what's going to happen here so we sit down my dad's like so Tom, how's training? I was like, oh. what is what is my life? That we just everyone saw us and thought we were all just one big family. Me, my dad, and Tom Daly. But yeah, <laughs> lovely guy, by the way. Yeah. That's Tom Daly, not my dad. No, he's not. Uh, yeah. But you uh, made that into an American independent film. That has got the mm-hmm. perfect title for one of those kind of low-budget American independent films set on the Lower East Side. Me, my dad, and Tom Daly. <laughs> <laughs> Would watch it, can confirm. Are we going to have a watch party? Not you, Rich. Not you, Rich. <laughs> we'll tell you what terms to meet. Because <laughs> we're polite. <laughs> I'd just like to say Tom Tuck was just as uh, vocal of his disdain for the film as well. And if he was here, I'd tell him the same thing. <laughs> He's got no grounds to say that, though. He's released two separate comedy DVDs about Disney and did a whole run of stuff about Mary-Kate and Ashley. That man is not the arbiter of taste. (laughs) 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 Maybe do a watch party for this. Yeah, I I could could go for that. You're you're new to Twitch now. You're a Twitcher, Rich. (laughs) Join it on there. (laughs) <laughs> it's well, uh it's... twitch it was a very different thing that's yeah, not right exactly. that's yeah, not the right yeah, yeah. words is it i've no, used Twitch that is... incorrectly yeah i've just sort of into bird watching now me and bill <laughs> me and bill Bilotti. off we go yeah uh, cracking out sanctuary <laughs> i'd watch that as well by the way <laughs> you and bill Oddie bird watching <laughs> lizzie we need to commission these podcasts <laughs> right well i reckon we've got time for one last category I'm just collecting my thoughts. The ball's <laughs> popped out already. This is just just enjoying the motion. It is um, petty grievances. I, I genuinely, I mean, obviously my petty grievance is people who live watch films and do nothing but bitch and moan about them. So <laughs> I've, I've got a petty grievance. Oh, sorry, petty. Big grievance. Oh, all right. Petty. The only people that fr- find brand banter on Twitter funny are the brands themselves. I mean, that is true. I mean, so we have that, just we... experienced the beans on Weetabix phenomenon. I'm an open-minded person and I like a good joke. I just don't understand it all. <laughs> it's like Weetabix is like, yeah, some beans on some Weetabix. And then Nando's is like, yay, hairy chicken or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the girl from Specsavers tweeted to say her boyfriend didn't understand why she was spooning beans onto a pair of glasses at nine o'clock at night. And it just really. It really does sum it up because it's one of those things where, in, if you're in a marketing team, your boss will see something like that and go, we've got to be part of it. <laughs> and just because you can doesn't mean you should. They need to take the line that Jurassic Park takes. Jeff Goldblum knows what he's talking about. It's not funny. <laughs> What's the, the NHS doing getting involved? <laughs> You've got things to do. They're putting beans on, on COVID patients. You know, putting beans in a mask. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> no, that's too far. 
<laughs> just keep it's because it you can hear the desperation, isn't it? That's why it's a bit like with comedy. There's a point where if you are dying on your ass and you think, hang on a minute, if I pull this out, it might work. And this point, the audience can see. Yes. They can see that you are, and, and I think that's the same with that marketing thing, where we, we can almost make ourselves believe that this was all an accident of banter that has led to this amazing new way of being drawn to muesli or whatever it is. <laughs> but once you actually can see the meeting that's gone on for a month, going, come on a minute, hang on a minute. Like, I mean, we're, we're thinking beans, we're thinking Wibix, <laughs> we're, you know, once you can see that, that's where it becomes agony. Make yeah, it go viral. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we used to joke about that in PR. We used to joke and um, we used to tell clients, yeah, and we're going to push the viral button at eleven p.m. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, the IT crowd episode where the internet is a box. Yes, <laughs> it's like don't touch the internet. If you type Google into Google, it will break the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, the trouble is there will be now people who put out some stuff about beans on Weetabix in a couple of days time because they had a really good idea and it's gone through 20 levels of people to sign it off and by that point you haven't got the heart to not put it out because I did it I used to work at a car company and I got a car rendered in the spot that was on that dress that Zara dress but weeks it took weeks for it to come and then they expected me to do it and so I had to tweet it out and just cry a little bit inside it was (laughs) Everyone was yeah. going, what dress? What are you on about? <laughs> Why is what what? Why is that Fiat 500 wearing a dress? Like, was it's that all... the, the blue gold dress <laughs> thing? No, it was this spotty dress that men seem to hate and women seem to love a couple of years ago. It was I I bought into it. I've got one. Oh, you've got one. Okay, <laughs> and I'm ashamed. No, I'm ashamed of myself. Robin and I don't have one. We hated it. <gasps> you should speak go... for yourself, Rich. <laughs> Do you know what? The only thing that could bring that into a resurgence is if men started to wear them. Start the revolution. Let's let's make a viral campaign. Maybe in Swansea. Get those dresses out. <laughs> they, 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 they could walk 20 or 30 crouches in Swansea wearing those dresses. <laughs> and we'll just see how that goes. That, that, that seems to have everything. The, um... the, the optimism of me tweeting that to Peter Crouch <laughs> at the time as well. <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's going to love this. He doesn't even know he's tall. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please do that today. That's uh, oh. that, but that that speed. You are. You're right. That because I was thinking this week with uh, you know the, the the Jackie Weaver story, and you know the speed in which you get Jackie Weaver, and and then there's a lawyer who's got a cat Zoom. Oh yeah. And Jackie's just about to sign her recording contract in the Panto deal. They're like, and they go, oh, sorry, no, Jackie. Actually, we're getting a bloke who's going to wear a cat mask, and that's the speed of this is. And I think that is the sad thing is that jokes don't get the chance, and all of those different reactions they don't get the chance to breathe. They are about the immediacy of reaction, and then that's gone. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas for me with Jackie Weaver, I was like, oh, there's another woman that's not bothered to learn comedy that's going to be on panel shows before me. Then, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and there she was on Adam Hill's The Last Leg. The prophecy was realized. There you go. There I you mean, go. no disrespect to her. She handles a Zoom call, but other guests are available. 
Women are funny. Not even me. Other people. Good people. Funny people. <laughs> but I always get terrified for those people as well because they don't have any idea. So, so you go, Jackie Weaver's the nation's favourite. Oh, my God, it turns out Jackie Weaver was the same woman who put that cat in a bin and no one realised. Or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. there will be some moment where... So, and you go, oh, well, there we go. That's over and done with. Someone yeah. becomes a hero. And then that incredible desire to find out what their Achilles heel is. To yes. find, you know, and and, and, I've, I've, and I, I, genu- I start worrying. The moment that I see that, I, I think, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Go awry. Well, there was always the build them up, knock them down thing, wasn't there? But now it's almost simultaneous. We yeah, build, yeah. Build them up while we're trying to knock them down. Yeah, there's like you say, Robin, there's no, there's no chance to sort of blossom and have a bit of fun with it before. It's just, it's so speedy. Yeah, I know. Oh, that wow. cat lawyer thing is the best thing I've seen in a long time, though. <laughs> that genuinely made me happy. <laughs> is that is that genuine, by the way? Do you think? Because that, that's the problem as well. Is can't you live your be. life potentially, you know, just thinking, hang on a minute. Have I been, you know, the moment I saw the, the Jackie Weaver thing, you go, hang on a minute. Have I seen any of these before? Has one of them done extra work in Emmerdale or something like that? <laughs> is there a clue that I'm going to find out something? Well, that council have have gone viral before for an in-person meeting. So they've got bad bloods. But I don't know if it's um, the same cast because I wasn't interested enough. I was, yeah. Well, I think so, the, is it, so is this a sequel or a reboot of Hanford <laughs> Council? That's what I'm not certain about. <laughs> the difficult second album. Because <laughs> in two years' time, we'll get the movie, you know, the Zoom Parish Council meeting, the movie, with Jackie Weaver being played by... Judy Dench. Yeah, or uh, Julie Waters. She's a game girl. She'd do it. <laughs> it was the venom that the guy was, that they were firing back at her. You go, yeah, this is real. Because he was so angry. Like, read and understand them. Read and understand them. You're like, all right, mate, chill out. Calm <laughs> down, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his name was Alan as well, yeah. <laughs> people in those sort of local community groups, that there is real passion. Because I'm part of a Facebook group for the area I live. And you have to be really careful with your jokes because not everyone gets humour. And so, yeah, you know, right. you go on. so someone posted a picture of um, something like from the olden days of like a packed stadium. And I went on and I replied, can't believe there's no social distancing, angry face, angry face emoji. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is going to go one of two ways, you know. <laughs> like, Actually, this is from 1984. Like, yeah, my humour's too nuanced for this Facebook group, sorry. <laughs> You should have just said, yeah, isn't every year 1984 nowadays with the way everything's hey. going on? <laughs> it's not yeah, I know too exactly late, what Lizzie. you mean about it being 1984, yeah. Hang on a minute, I need to log on. See, that, that's the one way to play it, isn't it? It's, once you go, I've been misunderstood, is the only way to play it back is, I will therefore now perpetually misunderstand this person. I, there, there was a friend of mine many years ago who used to go on um, uh, gun nut sites in America, when quite early days of the internet. And just start off by talking about other guns. He wasn't actually into guns at all. And then he would start getting overly flirtatious and Freudian about all of the guns and watching people who'd been drawn into what they initially saw as a wonderful macho conversation of violence and death. And then they felt as if, you know, this this guy suddenly caught his kimono and it's dropped off in the sauna. And it was just this... this and, it, and it was for no other reason that he did that than his own personal joy. He never turned it into anything. He'd just think, I'm really bored today i'm gonna to start off flirting with some people on the gun nut site and see where it goes wow i mean it's a brave move as well people with weapons uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a country That's away a, though yeah but you know 
<laughs> it really do. I think it would affect their aim though, because I, you would watch the because it would immediately then sow this seed of confusion because they had confused the loves, because they were thinking, but we have this shared love of of violence, and yet now there's this other love, and how do I feel about? It? You could almost see that maybe he did a wonderful piece of work for a couple of those people on there who realized who they really were possibly yeah absolutely that's a good point uh -huh. actually yes yeah, nice. well done charlie just <laughs> uh, a lot of chaotic energy <laughs> to expend on innocent gun people no that's nothing uh, well that was an absolute riot <laughs> you never know where these are gonna go i really enjoyed it um while i do the very basic maths of totting up the scores let's all go around and talk about what we're doing lizzie where can we find you um, so I just completed a month-long academic study watching every Netflix rom-com made in the last five years to rank them all in order from one to ten, four rods out of ten. I'm going to read you find that on my blog, Phrase Redacted, Medium. Have you thought about a watch party? <laughs> I heard there were a thing. <laughs> I would love to make Rich sit through a watch party of Little Italy. Okay. which is um, Hayden Christensen and Emma Roberts, whose parents are warring pizzeria owners. And then, of course, they fall in love. That's all I'm telling you. No spoilers. I, like I watched a Hayden that. Christensen movie the other day. I mean, he's only a very small part in it. He's a boy on a bicycle after Sam Neill's left the mouth of hell. It's, oh. <laughs> it's uh, in the mouth of madness. He suddenly pops up with that. He's a little boy on a bicycle. It's one of those weird things. Watch party? Watch party? Yeah, why not? Why not? Just do all, all of our. Why don't we do all of our favourite Hayden Christensen cycling scenes? I'm sure there'll be a, there must be a way we can do that. There's a market for it. I'm sure. I just know it. Uh -huh. Can I ask you what one of your favourites? Because I'm always interested. Because there are some rom coms that I really. Again, it's about that sense of how much you're being manipulated and how many meetings there have been. And then some of them you watch, you think this is a beautiful, you know, piece. Of, in, in fact, I mean, I'm, I kind of mention but me myself is it me myself i i'm trying to remember me myself and i uh, know not me myself and irene there's a really lovely but what was your what's don't tell me your favorite because i know that's a spoiler for those who are going to go to that but what would you recommend that i watch oh well actually the best rom-com ever made is forgetting sarah marshall have you seen oh. it no oh my god right is that the one with russell brand as a pop star in it yeah and that's yeah but it's it's got everyone Kristen bell jason siegel but there's Hawaii Kunis. Mila Kunis. There's a Dracula musical and there's Paul Rudd. That is all you need to know. It's the best rom-com ever made. Okay. I'll do that. Great. Yeah, Rich, we're doing that. Yeah, why not? I'm up for that. Yeah, let's do it. So the actions we've got, it's watch that. I'm going to tweet Peter Crouch about the <laughs> unit of measurement calculator. Well, is that what we need to do now? We have to, each one of us has to come up with a unit of measurement. You two are already there. You've got your Rudds and you've got your Crouches. Yeah. Rich, what, what, so now we've got to come up with our, our unit of measurement. Bananas. Oh, dear me. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, regulated yeah. bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you got one, Robbie? I don't know. Emodium. I might try Cave of Melancholy, as in a Nick Cave <laughs> of Melancholy, and just see it in, in terms of as, as, as a measurement system. <laughs> what, how deep into the cave are you? Or Yeah, yeah. So it's a Nick Cave of Melancholy. Or it might even be in terms of being able, yeah. Yeah, I'll try that. Yeah. There you go. 
You can have a stipe of joy. A stipe of joy is the amount of joy that Michael (laughs) Stipe gives you whenever you see him on YouTube. And that is an enormous amount. Oh, that's lovely. And it is, if you watch him when he's, there's there's some really lovely things of him that he's done during lockdown, of sometimes just singing a song directly to the camera and he's just put on the little bit of backing music or where he sings, you know, uh, what's it, Under the Bunker, what's it called? You know, R.E.M. But he, you know, there's certain people that their their immediate their appearance in any timeline or in any film or whatever you just go oh I've had a real dopamine hit and an yeah. absolute joy that I, I remember seeing uh, Wild Things knowing nothing about it the Matt Dillon Kevin Bacon and and Saucy. Uh, so, yeah and and I saw it in America in in New York and I, it was one of those things jet lagged walking past cinema let's go and see this and no one knew that Bill Murray was in the film. Oh, so wow. long before his appearance in in Zombieland, right? Suddenly, Bill Murray walks on as this dodgy lawyer with a neck brace, and the whole cinema went crazy. And it was a beautiful, a way that would not happen in the UK, but yeah. happens in an American cinema. It was a proper like, whoa! It's Bill Murray! <laughs> it's Bill Murray! And it's yeah, fantastic. Oh, nice. Lovely. I think I'd have a, an accora of insight. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That, that that's like yeah. a homeopathic measure, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, that one's got an accorder of insight. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think that so, was. So we're all going to go and float these on Twitter now, like they're already a thing, and see which one of us gets <laughs> Just the keep finish. using them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, Rich, what what are you doing with your life? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Uh, I've got and a, Twitch a, and Twitch now. I've got um, I've got a podcast Twitch. called Insane in the Membrane and Insane in the Fembrane, where we 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 have guests on and we discuss mental health and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, check that out. You had a great guest on the other nice. day, was... Vic Slayton. She was brilliant. Slayton smashed it. Yeah, she yeah. was excellent. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was it I really was agreed with chat. a lot of abuse. <laughs> She had a core of insight that was <laughs> next level. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And Robin, what are you, what I are just you doing? What? My camera wasn't working for the whole thing. That's all right. I, I just thought, oh, he doesn't want us to see him. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. It was literally because I, the thing I'd had to do before, I'd had to use one of these things, and then nothing was working properly, so I've unplugged it all, but I kept it in place. So it was nothing to do. If you thought, what an idiot. Like, won't even just, you know, didn't want anyone to see secret things. Um, I think the, the, the weird part of it was we glimpsed you briefly at the start and then mm. you're obscured. Oh, good, good. That was, uh, well, yeah, always have the reveal at the end. It's very disappointing. In, in this particular moment of Phantom of the Opera, they've pulled the mask off and it turns out it's just an old man. Just an, an old man who hasn't aged well. That's More Wizard of Oz. More Wizard yeah, of Oz. Yeah, than yeah, <laughs> And you've been wearing a mask for what? I don't know. It just was a fad I had in the 90s and I kept the mask on and everyone thought I was probably terribly disfigured by someone evil, but it was just a mask and now it I was just too, turns out I'm old. It's just too far into it to take it off by then. It was just yeah, yeah. become a thing. <laughs> well, it, it's a joy. It's a joy to see the reveal at the end. Um, that you so were I really doing... screwed this up for you. I really have to apologise. For anyone listening, I kept everyone waiting 40 minutes because I hadn't properly read the email and I got distracted by something else. And this is, if anyone ever is emailing me, just always put the two main details in the first sentence because I'm so easily distracted. I'm such a flippity jibber. And so I would have gone right. Because I knew, I thought I was doing this tonight. I was like, I've got to remember, you've got a thing on tonight. And then I suddenly look at it and I go, no. This is Because I don't have a diary anymore because I used to have a diary, but then the depression of crossing out all the places you were going 
the so Nick, relying the, yeah. how many a, Nick Caves yes, is that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah this God. is. Uh, uh, do you know what a tight? It, it, when I knew I should have been in Toronto, that was at least a nine cave. That was a nine. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> at least we haven't got any plans this year. Last year was just a riot of things that you should have been doing. This year, no one's made any, so it's yeah, true. Sort of doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when we did the, when we all put our tax things in, and then they predict the future earnings, and I'm like, "You're having a laugh? Are you taking the piss? It's, gonna, it's not going to be this." <laughs> yeah, my, this. My, my accountant said, "Can I just check? Will you be earning less?" I went, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, my whole, the whole industry I'm in is, is destroyed." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you put a... down whatever you like. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Good so time. yeah, um, what? Where can we find you? Where would you like us to go, Robin? Because you well, do wherever so it is, stuff. I'll be forty minutes late, so I wouldn't bother turning <laughs> up wherever I'm going to tell you. Um, the uh, well, actually, the thing that I've, I'm doing a lot of stuff with my mate Josie and uh, Josie Long and Helen Chersky at the moment on on Cosmic Shambles, which is where I put most of my stuff, and I'm doing uh, doing a series about uh, kind of weird films and things with uh, Stuart Lee and Alan Moore and various others, and that's called An Uncanny Hour, and that's at CosmicShambles.com, and I've done a bunch of interviews with people like Andrean who Andrean's amazing she was uh, um, one of the well, well she was the artistic director of the golden record that went into space on Voyager and uh, she she worked a great deal with Carl Sagan on Cosmos and was then married to Carl Sagan and so people like her and the astronaut Nicole Stott and Neil Gaiman and things like that so I'm doing lots of uh, conversation with them and all of those things are at Cosmos and I had a do you know what Marion Keys I was going to say I was really excited about that yeah. she's so <laughs> delightful and, and really interesting. And it's like one of those things where, you know, sometimes you think just because of the cover design of a book, I've presumed it's probably not meant for yeah. me. And then you go, what an idiot. Uh, because <laughs> she has got so many. When I say stories, I don't really mean yeah. the stories in the book, the stories and the, the campaigning kind of zeal that she has and all of those things. I was, yeah, and Josie and me were both really bowled over by, by Marion Keys. The stories are dark, though. They've got pastel covers, but they're very, very dark. Mm. My first, um, the first time I put a word to depression when I was a teenager came from her book and the way she described it was so it resonated so much with me and it was the first time I'd really encountered it and how I felt. And it genuinely was so comforting. And she does so much with that. She's covered like eating disorders, domestic violence. They are really, there are, they're high laugh count, but they're very, very dark and the covers don't do them justice. Yeah. My favorite is this charming man as well, which is about lots of things, but they're brilliant. Um, I, I think it's Daisy Buchanan. She just has done a top eight of her books that I read last week I saved it for the evening I had it on a tab and I read it after work to cheer me up so it's infuriating though as well as someone who loves books right and uh, I think I don't know if you're there that's that's what I look that's the <laughs> wow. world I live in. Oh, wow. and uh, I'd like to say it ends there but it doesn't and um, basically for the oh, listeners he's like a it's... smog on top of a... <laughs> is how he described that <laughs> it's just it's, and, and i and then when you go well at least i won't have to bother with books like marion key oh no oh it turns out they're brilliant as well yeah so that's more to read yeah the new one's really interesting and it's like and the way that she deals with things like people's attitudes towards refugees and things it's really like you said it's people many people i'm sure start off with her books presuming they're going to be something else and then and she doesn't even smuggle the ideas in because no. it's just like they are just the story and yeah brilliant if if she wrote under a man's name 
they would be very highly regarded because the depth to them is brilliant. But yeah, this has been the Marion Keys Fangirl Podcast <laughs> with Vic Slayton. Um, well, uh, Robin, you you are still the winner, even with a time penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. But it was almost a photo finish. Everybody absolutely played a blinder today. So thank you for coming. Thanks to the listeners for listening, presuming that they do. And uh, <laughs> I'll catch you all on social, trying to make Crouching Unit of Measurement a thing. Absolutely. So. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to see you all. It's been lovely. Thanks for listening to The Comedy Arcade. There'll be a new episode next Thursday with new balls and new guests. If you liked it, like us any way you can and subscribe and tell all your friends. Also, tell us. We're in all the usual places on all the social media. And if you didn't, I've been Pope Lonergan. Um, Plomin and Plimpin? Um, they're not real words. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.